This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. All right, back at it. Our number two is underway. Uh, we've got uh, some Sens Flyers tickets, a four-pack to give away before two. We've got 67's Pete's tickets to give away before two. We'll have another code word for our jersey contest before two as well. And want to get to more from you. 12-1200, best way to reach us through text. To the Gabriel Pizza Hotline, we go right now. And uh, we welcome in a good Ottawa guy. He is the NHL writer for the Canadian Press. It is our good friend Josh Clippert. And Josh, good morning. How are you? Good morning, gents. How are you? Outstanding. Long time no chat. Thought we'd uh, bring you on as we're through the NHL trade deadline. That's a, a busy time for everybody that covers the league, especially somebody that covers the entire league like you, Josh. So the dust has settled a little bit here. Um, and I'll, I want to get your thoughts here on the local team in Ottawa. We're, you know, close to it, close to the fire. Sometimes I feel like, you know, forest and the trees kind of a deal. How does Josh Clippert view the Ottawa Senators at this stage, coming off a really bad performance last night, but how do you view the Sens right now as we're through this trade deadline and where they're sitting and this playoff race that they now find themselves in? Yeah, long time no talk indeed. I thought it was something I said maybe last time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, um, I mean, obviously last night was, was not good and, and neither was the point they dropped to the Blackhawks uh, you know, a little while back, so you wonder if those are three points that really come back to bite them, but Deadline aside, like I, I think Pierre Dorian's been been fairly criticized in the past for not being able to to fix that defense, whether it was through trade, free agency, or through the draft. But I mean, this this trade was an absolute home run, I and mean, you can't you can't say anything else about it. It was, uh, you know, you get you get the player that everyone thought for a price that everyone sees as as being lower than what the asking was. They were patient. Um, they got the job done. And you know, I, I, before last night, I really liked how the the team was playing. And there's going to be there's going to be games like that, unfortunately. Unfortunately, came at a really bad time. Uh, but they just have to dust themselves off. And, you know, they got a long road trip here. So this will really kind of define uh, the rest of the season, these, this next week, 10 days. The the Sens are part of that group at the at chasing for the wild card with some established teams in the Islanders and Penguins, as well as others like Buffalo and, and Detroit's kind of fallen out. But they're there and, and up and coming. Uh, this Eastern Conference, to me, is going to be fascinating and the changeover uh, that they that that will happen over the next number of years, and the sense uh, in the midst of that is that kind of the viewpoint from outside of the of this city as well that they that they can push into that next group soon. Oh yeah, ab- ab- absolutely, I, 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 absolutely. And uh, you mentioned about how things can change, you know, in, in the next couple of weeks. I mean, if you remember last year, like every the top eight in the East was set basically, um, you know, in January or maybe even before that. I mean, every team finished with 100 points, so there was definitely sort of a two-tiered conference. But you're definitely seeing this year uh, more more teams starting to push. I mean, I mean, we we expected Buffalo to push, we expected Ottawa to push, maybe push a little bit more, but but they're they're right there. Um, you know, they're still young groups and young teams. Um, and then you see like a team like Washington's really starting to fall off a little bit. Pittsburgh's not getting any younger. They kind of made a bunch of trades that I thought kind of just moved the deck chairs around the Titanic. Didn't really seem like it changed a whole lot. So. Well, there's definitely a, excuse me, part of that conference is definitely in transition and teams like Ottawa are are the ones that are knocking on the door. You made the the comment, uh, we've talked about it as well. I saw on your Twitter feed uh, yesterday, Josh, and because this is a time of year where um, there's different storylines throughout the course of a year, you know, like, all right, it's this time of year, so this topic's going to come up and 
be talked about again. And this time of year, it's like, is the playoff format fair? Should it be changed? Well, in the East right now, if we went back to the old one versus eight, the matchups are exactly the same <laughs> as they, they would be under the current format here. How do you feel about, you know, the, the current format? And, you know, all kidding aside, do you think the NHL should revisit this at some point? Yeah, well, when I was a fan, I, I was I grew up with the one to eight, so like I, I like that. I I always thought that the uh, the rivalries don't have to be ge- geographic. You look at Detroit, Colorado, like that wasn't a geographic rivalry um, back, and it was one of the fiercest rivalries in hockey. So I know what they're trying to do with with the the division based um, the division based uh, format we've had since uh, you know the last number of years. Um, it's an easy talking point, like you say. I mean, I think it came up. I was down at the All Star game, and you you know you get a bunch of stars, and you ask thirty of them the same question and five come back with a good answer i mean so we do we, we try to try to push uh, push stories through and, and that's an easy one and it's an easy one every year um, but you're right i mean there it's the exact same and and it will probably be similar or the exact same at the end of the year maybe the wild card teams will flip out but you know auto the top six teams in the east are also basically the top six teams in the entire league right now so you know there's going to be a lot of good teams going home one of tampa toronto oh, sorry two of tampa well, Tampa or Toronto is going home, and New Jersey and, and the Rangers are going home, one of those two teams. So it's going to be a, a really good team heading home. That's just the nature of the way the league is with the parity. You, you said that you, as a fan growing up, you grew up with 1-8. to eight. Is that what you would want to return to, or is there a different one that Josh Clipperton, a different format that you could envision that, that would be a be-all, fix-all type of thing for the NHL in your mind? I'm, I mean, I like I like the one day, but I, but I but I but I say it doesn't really make a difference at these days with, with the parity. I think back before the salary cap, it was you know you actually have like teams that, you know a team punching way above its weight that might have an upset. Um, I kind of I've been, I've toyed with the idea of the play-in. I I, don't, I know the league doesn't like it. I don't think it's going to happen under Gary Batman's watch, or I'm very confident it's not going to happen under Gary Batman's watch. Um, I like the pick the pick opponent thing. Hockey is such a conservative sport. Like that would be a huge leap. I think that'd be really fun for the fans, but. You know, the first team that picks its opponent and loses is never going to want to, you know, make pick anybody other than other than the, than the next slot next time. So, um, we'll see. There's lots of ideas out there. I, th- I think one date's fine. I think uh, you know, division's fine. I mean, you have to beat good teams. You know, we all love the first round of the playoffs for how competitive it is. Um, unlike other sports, the first round of hockey is always the best um, and has the most it's most engaging. So, I think they'll 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 stick with what it is. But yeah, little tweaks here and there over the years uh, could be something to that gets brought in. No, I think you're right with, with Gary Bettman. He's been pretty dead set against that, that kind of a change. So uh, probably we won't see it uh, under his tenure as, as commissioner. But with the one thing, um, you know, he takes a lot of criticism, but Gary Bettman, the one thing he's always kind of hung his hat on is he has increased franchise values over the course of him being the, uh, well, the first and only commissioner that the NHL has ever known. Uh, how much do you think he's rubbing his hands right now that the bids are, are in the first round? for the Ottawa Senators and the entire project for down at LeBreton Flats are in. And now he's a big part of this process of uh, helping guide this, Josh. And this this price point could touch a billion dollars. Um, and you know that Gary Bettman will be bringing that up <laughs> whenever <laughs> yeah, uh, this, this comes up and uh, talking about, you know, the great job that he's doing as commissioner because that's who, at the end of all of this, he works for the board. All the uh, the board of governors throughout the league, the owners of all these franchises, and when you think about it, it's amazing that uh, you know that number could touch a billion dollars when it's all said and done. 
Yeah, especially for a Canadian small market team. I, I mean, I, I think if you even said a year ago that that number could touch a billion, it would be people would call you crazy. I mean, I think I remember numbers of you know in the sixes, maybe even high fives in terms of what that the franchise is valued with. I mean, it's going to be really interesting. This process as it plays out to be a fly fascinating with with how how it all comes together. Whether these groups they pick one group, whether it's a hybrid of groups. Obviously, the the Ryan Reynolds angle is is really interesting with him reportedly having latched onto. You know, to, to one of the one of the bidders instead of sitting back. So it'll it'll be yeah, it's a really interesting. And and does the bid have to you know does it have to go downtown with with the bid? Like does the successful bidder have to go downtown? I would assume so. But there's still lots of moving parts. And you know, I mean, I'm from that town. You know how government works and everything. There's lots of there's another layer when everything comes to to projects in Ottawa. So it'll be really fascinating to see uh, how it all plays out. But um, yeah, the commissioner will hang his hat on that, and rightly so. If, you know, he takes a lot of flack in the media and from fans, but I mean, he's he he works at the pleasure of the board, as you say, as, as a, at the pleasure of the 32 owners. And uh, if he says something, it's it's what they want. Um, and he's done a good job at it over his career. Ryan Reynolds obviously has been getting a lot of the the press with this sale, and and rightfully so. It's a big name, and and the promotion side of things that could come along with it, with what he's done with Wrexham and uh, the show that he's done there. Were you surprised? I know I was. Were you surprised that he attached himself to one bid and didn't just wait for it all to play out and kind of just latch on to whoever was the, the winning bid? Yeah. Oh, but I mean, I think but he, but he's, oh, you're there. Sorry, Josh, oh, we sorry, lost guys. you for a second. We got you back. Oh, oh sorry about that, guys. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, in terms of Ryan Reynolds, I thought uh, it was a little surprising, but I um, just was based on sort of what the way the it has sort of come out, but I mean, he's a businessman. He's more than just a, uh, you know, just an actor. He's, he's got other things. He's, you know, he's got different companies. He's got his production company. Uh, I think he's in the liquor business too. He's got the soccer team. So he, I mean, he's, he's not just a, a face and a name. He's, he's, he's a, he's a business, you know, um, a ty- I don't know, not a tycoon, but he, but he's, he's definitely in the business world. And, and uh, so he, he obviously identified something that he, that he likes. But I mean, I, I think that with anything like the, the legal never say never on anything. So, uh, and they're not going to back pay themselves into a corner in terms of what what has to happen with this with this process. So, yeah, I'm a little surprising. Maybe the league was surprised, but uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, Connor McDavid, Josh Clipperton is joining us here. Um, just continues to roll. A couple of goals last night as the Oilers um, get a win in Buffalo. He's running away with the points race. Um, he's got 12 goals in his last eight games. He now has 124 points on the season. That's a career high already now, and he's only played 65 games. He's on pace for 156 points. So if he hits 156, only Gretzky and Lemieux will be players that have more than that in any given one season. Now, those two guys hold the top 13 spots. <laughs> as he would pass on to P and Steve Eiserman at 155, who was sitting at, at number 14. And this was all done in a different era where the game was different here. Having said that, I'm just running out of ways to talk about how great McDavid is. Um, for him to be scoring at this pace in this era, you know, like when it's all said and done, era adjusted and all of it here, does Connor McDavid deserve to be mentioned in the same conversation? as Bobby Orr, as Wayne Gretzky, as Mario Lemieux, what he's doing now. I think he's going to be on the Mount Rushmore for sure. But when it's all said and done, if he's not already, I mean, it's the most talented. I've never seen, I mean, I've never seen anything like what he's doing. I mean, I've been watching this game a long time. I mean, you've been watching it. 
know, a little longer not not to date ourselves, but it's it's a uh, it's 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 incredible. Um, you know, I wrote I wrote uh, before the All Star game. I I honestly felt like just from afar that he wasn't getting enough attention for what he was doing. I mean, he he's been on a similar pace for most of the season. He's been on on pace to to crack you know what Lemieux did in in the mid nineties and the mid nineties those great seasons with the Penguins in ninety five ninety six. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's incredible to watch. It's uh, it's appointment viewing every night. He's going to be here in Toronto on Saturday night, so that's going to be a you know a big one, of course. Whenever he comes uh, back to his hometown or you know just just south of his hometown, so um, it'll be uh, yeah. It's, it's you. I run out of words to describe it too. It's it's kind of like when I was at the World Juniors covering Connor Bedard. Like, can we write enough about Connor Bedard? Like, can we can we write about enough about Connor McDavid? And the answer is is probably no. Uh, you, you mentioned the Leafs and McDavid going there. The the. They've been on a collision course with Tampa Bay since essentially the start of the season in that first round. Is this the year with Tampa struggling, uh, and and we're still a ways away from the playoffs? They they still have plenty of time to right the ship. But is this the year that Tampa might be ripe for the picking and and a good matchup for the Leafs heading into the first round? I would think so, but I also thought it was a pretty good matchup for them last year. I think this is a better matchup. Um, and obviously O'Reilly's broken his finger, but he'll be back for the regular season. You know they've remade their. Their forward group, they got they got more nasty, more more gritty with Achari and Lafferty, faster with Lafferty especially. Um, and and McCabe adds an element on, on their back end, uh, which is which is which is important as well. I mean, they they needed to do that, but mainly their bottom six. They had to get rid of this or get stopped this sort of um, you know revolving door of Marleys they had on, on their on their fourth line. They though they got established guys now, and you know, like you say, Tampa's struggling. You know, it was just shocking to see. Uh, you know, the top line get benched over the weekend, and then they come up the next day and lose six nothing Carolina. Like it's, it's a lot of fun times down there and uh, on the east coast of, uh, of Florida right now. But I mean, that's a championship team, and and they're they're going to be ready to play in the playoffs. You know, they've 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 got battle tested guys. They've got guys that have proven already in in short playoff runs like Nick Paul, like that what they can do, and and they know how to win. So Leafs are going to have to have to play that game. Uh, you know, the regular season is a completely different game, and you know at the end of the day, they still have Vasilevsky, and the Leafs have. And, you know, that could be the deciding factor. It doesn't really matter what the rosters look like if uh, if the goalie on one side or the other uh, either plays above or below his ability. All right. I I, I want to ask you a couple of other questions about uh, uh, other Canadian teams as uh, Josh Clipperton is joining us from the Canadian Press. Covers the NHL with special focus on, obviously, Canadian teams here. So which situation is under more pressure in terms of job security, Calgary making the playoffs or the Leafs winning a round? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good question. I, I would, I would guess the Leafs winning a round um, because I think that Brad Tree Living is safe if the Flames don't make it. I don't know that anyone's safe if the Leafs don't win a round. I mean, I, that's just my my feeling. I mean, Dubas doesn't have a contract for next year, as we know. I'm not saying that would be fair, but but like, as I've said before, life isn't fair. Like the, the Leafs have have uh, are in tough division, but there's lots of tough divisions. Um, you know, Florida last year, like Leafs, you know, we're in a position to win the division a lot of times last year. Uh, but sorry, we're in a position to win a division with what they what they did last year. But you know, Florida never lost an extra time. They had a they went on a crazy ride, and now this year, Boston's on a you know on a 1976 Montreal Canadiens style pace with with their season. So, but the, but that doesn't matter. That the Leafs have to get through a round, I think. Um, in terms of Calgary, I mean Daryl Sutter is a coach with a, with an expiry date. I think his his style, especially, um, I I think that you know he could be gone. Uh, I don't know that as that's just my my guess. But I think that the GM would probably still be safe. Whereas in Toronto, I think uh, all bets are off if they don't win around. 
There could be now, an, oh sorry, like Lloyd. Sorry, go, there go there could be a number of uh, cities with uh, some changes, and, and you went through too with Toronto and Calgary. But is there going to be a more interesting market during the off season, uh, depending on what happens with Toronto? But then Vancouver, because there is so many there are so many balls up in the air and so much potential to happen with that organization. Uh, what's next for the Canucks after the season? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I covered that team for five years, and, and there's not a single player on the roster except for Brock Besser, uh, who's left. So you can tell the turnover that's happened there. And they've sort of just been retooling on the fly ever since. It's it's interesting. I mean, we heard rumors about JT Miller over the over the trade deadline with Pittsburgh, and that didn't didn't come together. So, um, yeah, the Canucks, are, they're sort of in this perpetual, <clears throat> excuse me, this perpetual rebuild, slash, well, not rebuild, this perpetual retool. The owner won't rebuild. Uh so I mean, they, but now at the, at the, they're at the point where they've got, you know, they've got Hughes, Pedersen, uh, Demko. Um, you know, they've, they've kind of got a young core. So to rebuild at this point or to to tear it down would would almost you'd, you'd have to sort of wave goodbye to those guys. So they're kind of they're kind of stuck in that they have to continue pushing through this attempt to just make the playoffs. And uh, that's their kind of modus operandi out there. They they, they feel like if they make the playoffs, uh, anything can happen. Um, so they're not they're not committed to tearing it down, and it'll be very interesting. I mean, the coach in there, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a market that's never boring. I know from personal experience. Okay, uh, last one for you here. What's happened to the Winnipeg Jets? I mean, it doesn't seem that long ago I thought this team could win the Stanley Cup with the way they're going, and they got a great goalie in Hellebuck, and now they've won two of their last ten. I think they've won seven of their last twenty. I don't have the answer. That's why I'm asking you. What's happened yeah. to Winnipeg? <laughs> I, I don't have an answer either. I'm in the same boat as you. I remember that when they rolled through Toronto uh, a few months ago, they were they were just flying high. Bonuses. People are talking about Rick Bonus, obviously. You know, um, Sen's first coach being a possible Coach of the Year uh, nominee. It's it's just uh, it's kind of fallen off. Uh, you know, it's not kind of fallen off. It's fallen off dramatically. And you know, the GM was asked after the trade deadline, you know, about what it's like to see his team not play with emotion. Like those are serious questions and when a team has stripped the sea from its captain in Blake Wheeler before the season and now has this sort of communal leadership group you know everything was good early but things are are not good now and, and you wonder about the direction of that team the direction of that room and if they can get it back on track because you know they couldn't score for a while and now they can't keep the puck out of the net so like it's and, and now they're scoring so it's it's all over the place they need they have time to to fix it. I mean, Josh Norrissey, Josh Morrissey, they're calling him Josh Norrissey. He's having a great season, Norris conversation. But yeah, I know it's, it's been a rough uh, six weeks out in, out in uh, the Manitoba capital. They need to get it uh, sorted out quick. Picked up a point last night, but uh, lost in uh, San Jose, and they beat the Oilers a game before that, so we'll see how it plays out. Josh, great to reconnect with you. I won't wait that long the next time. Thanks for, uh, <laughs> for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. You know, how to, you know where to find me. There's uh, Josh Clippert and joining us uh, from the Canadian Press, the uh, NHL writer for CP, joining us on the Gabriel Pizza Hotline, the official pizza of the Ottawa Senators. All right, um, just kind of a smorgasbord through the uh, trade deadline. Nice to get the opinion of, uh, of a national writer that's uh, you know not based here and uh, start jumping off point. His thoughts on the Senators, still pretty bullish on it. And then uh, sprinkle that into some of the other Canadian teams and where we're sitting right now as we're getting down to the short strokes of the NHL season. All right, still to come on the show, Dean Brown's going to join us uh, from Seattle. We're going to have uh, one of the newest members of the Ottawa Titans join us. Yes, the snow will go away. There will be baseball. And so we'll talk a little baseball coming up in the noon hour. Uh, Dean's going to join us at 1 from Seattle. All still to come on In the Box on TSN 1200.
This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. All right, thanks to Josh Clippard and joining us in our last segment. Uh, Steve has chimed in on the show. I hope RR, Ryan Reynolds, is secretly filming the process behind the scenes. The Chicago Knight will be Oscar or Razzie worthy. Team got in, right? Steve is suggesting maybe the team got into Chicago and had too much of a good time the night before, Steve. Is that, is that what you're saying? And you're hoping if that's the case, that maybe uh, Ryan Reynolds and Maximum Effort are already secretly filming behind the scenes with this process. Look at Steve stirring it up here. Back to uh, the DeBrinket web poll question of the day. Thoughts come in on that. If we can't uh, sign DeBrinket, maybe try to trade him for Demko and a pick or a player. We really need a goalie for the new season and a great start. Thanks. That's uh, Tom from TO. Okay. Do agree that a great start is needed next year. Can't mm-hmm. can't continue the the same path and fighting from behind. I don't know whether Demko's that guy, but I uh, listen. I, I, I know last night, not good. But we've talked about this for the last few weeks, Kenny. Hasn't it been nice to talk about this team and in a different vein? Oh yeah, it's been amazing. Selfishly speaking, for those of us that do talk about this team every day, yeah, I can o- and I can only imagine on pre and post game shows yes. the the. The energy level being at a, a different point now than it was last year at this time or two years ago or three years ago, whenever the case may be, uh, just a different energy level uh, around this team. And then on this show and TSN Mornings, The Drive, same thing. The The energy level is up. It's actually a fun team to talk about. And last night notwithstanding, uh, it's, been, it's been that way for the last little while. And yes... Uh, I don't want to say some of us have been pessimistic about this team making the playoffs, but the reality wasn't good, and the numbers didn't look good. But they've played themselves into a position where they can play some games down the stretch that mean something towards potentially making the playoffs. And it it's disappointing that they, they didn't come out with a better effort level and a better game last night, but they're still in a decent position to to do some good things heading down the stretch drive here. So it's nice to to have a different feel, different narrative around things in the last 20 games of a season rather than the death march that it's been for the last 20 games of, of seasons in years past. So my next request would be for the start of next season, back to the text that came in, I would like to have a different narrative for the first 20 games of a season. That's my wish for next year as well, Kenny. I think that's I, fair. I, I don't want to be talking about, oh, it's November again. You know what that means. You know what that means. It's the month of November. Buckle up. There's going to be some injuries. There's going to be some bad play. There's going to be some confidence lost. Oh. So I uh, I truly believe that that can turn around for the start of next season because it's happened in the final 20. This is not a death march. This is a playoff push, notwithstanding what happened last night. So that's the next one for me in regular season play. Start of next season. First 20 games. Be nice. Be nice to have a different feel around that as well. Caleb says, I'm not paying to bring it more than Stutzla. Mm, I don't think so either, Caleb. I agree with you on that. 
Um, Dennis chiming in just on last night's game. Dennis hasn't turned the page yet. Back checking terrible last night. Goaltending not good either. I don't know. The goaltending, Dennis, I don't think it was that bad, to be honest with you. I don't. No. The, the, the chances that they gave up and the back checking, well, okay, there was some back checking, but it was desperate back checking and it wasn't any good because the turnovers were so bad, there was no chance to back check because they were so careless with the puck. It wasn't like, oh, get on your horse and break this up. No, no, that turnover was so bad that there's no chance to really back check properly. To me, that's 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 the biggest part of last night's game. Use whatever hockey speak tech, uh, term you want to use, puck management, careless, whatever, right? They just they just gave the Chicago Blackhawks odd man rushes. Yeah. Here you go. Take them. Take them. Have a Here's great day. We're, we're carrying the play, but you know what? Just because we'll keep you in the game, we're just going to give you odd man rushes. Easy ones. Just, go ahead. Go ahead. That was a game. Yeah, Careless. I thought I, I talked. We talked about it in the first uh, first hour. I thought Sogard was good. I did not have an issue with the way that he played whatsoever. Maybe the first goal, uh, not an ideal goal went through him. But aside from that, there there were a number of grade A saves off of odd man rushes and the five nothing score. Yeah, it could have gone the other way, and and you never. Until the third period, you never really felt like the Sens were truly out of it just because of who they were playing. But the way that they were playing and the saves that Sogard had to make, it could have been it could have been worse than it was. And it it, it was kind of an odd game, Lloydie, in, in that respect, because they were controlling the play. They did have possession of the puck, but just so many opportunities going back the other way with odd man rushes. Uh, I Dennis, I, I don't agree with you. I don't think that goaltending was was the, was an issue last night. Okay, um, I want to pivot out of this here because it's a uh, it, it's a pretty big day in the NFL, um, and I think the a lot of um, the buzz right now is on the Baltimore Ravens and the future of Lamar Jackson. So teams have until four Eastern this afternoon to decide if they're going to place a franchise tag on a player. And the Ravens and Lamar Jackson looks like they're still negotiating and they're taking this down to the wire here. So when it comes to the franchise tag, let's just use Lamar Jackson as as the example here. There's a couple different things that you can do. Well, there's three things, right? Either you get a deal done, long-term deal, and you avoid this process altogether. Or there are two different levels of uh, franchise tags. You've got the non-exclusive franchise tag or the exclusive franchise tag. Non-exclusive means he'd get to negotiate with other teams, could sign an offer sheet with another team, Ravens still could match it, or they could decline to do so, or he could be traded once that process is underway. Exclusive means he is the sole property of the Ravens, but he'd have a one-year deal at $45 million instead of the much lower amount for the non-exclusive at $32 million and change. Still be traded, but the higher tender would give him much more leverage for these these long-term talks. So that's where it is with Lamar Jackson. Kenny, I asked you to grab me a, somebody that's always passionate with his opinions. Former coach in the league, college coach, 
Herm Edwards has been back in the media for a couple of years now. Here's a little uh, Herm Edwards with uh, Stephen A. Smith yesterday commenting on the Ravens and how they're handling Lamar Jackson. I'm going to put the coach's hat on. Um, this would be a bad move for your football team. It would be, what would be you, a bad move? That if you allowed Lamar to go out there on the free market and let other teams bid on him. Uh, if I'm the coach, I don't want that to happen at all because it sends a bad message to your football team. To all those players in that locker room are watching this thing unfold, and they're saying basically what you're saying, if someone else will give him money and we don't want a match, then he's gone. And so your locker room put it in the sand. This is the star of our football team. Remember, this division, this division they play in, everybody was three and three. And he missed two games. And I get it. I understand he's missed some games at the end. But this is your star player, Lamar Jackson. And you're going to say, well, if somebody else bids on him, we'll get two first-round picks. We'll get a rookie quarterback. So you're going to get a rookie quarterback and try to compete in this division. A division and a conference that has a lot of big-time quarterbacks in it already, and we're going to take a rookie quarterback and now try to win a division, and we have Lamar Jackson on our football team, and you're about to let him walk because we don't want to pay him his money? If I'm a player, I'm looking at that going, hey, man, when my deal comes, I'm out. I'm not staying here in Baltimore. If they treat Lamar Jackson that way, he's your franchise. What are you talking about right now? Well, I think if you're the coach, you're, you're having a conversation with Lamar, a deep conversation with him, trying to figure out, Lamar, if we can patch this thing up, do you want to be here? And if he says yes, I'm walking in that office and say, let's get this guy signed. That'll flip the attitude of the players. Because now you've been going off over a year, coach. Yeah, they've had been going off over a year. Because he's been trying to negotiate a contract on his own. You're exactly right. I put it into it. Say, he's a raven. He's coming here. We're done with it. Let's kiss. Let's make up. And let's move on. Love the passion. Put your name on it. Herm Edwards bringing it yesterday on now he's said I'm coming out of from a coach's perspective that makes sense to you Kenny that there possibly you could have other members of the Ravens just kind of disenchanted with how this has played out how if they're not going to take care of Lamar Jackson are they how will they ever take care of me I think is basically what he's saying does that make sense to you 100 I don't see how you could see it the other way how you as a player see that and not feel that way this is your franchise. This is one of the best players in the NFL at, at any given position. And it's been proven out MVP. The way that he plays the game is different. And he's improving year over year. I, I, I'm I, shocked that it's gotten to this point. And to a certain extent, I understand what the Ravens are doing. They don't want to give out that guaranteed money over a long-term contract because of the way that Lamar Jackson plays. But at some point, you're going to have to take that risk. And the salary cap is so high in the NFL. There are so many different loopholes where you can, I don't want to say get out of the money, and especially guaranteed contracts, it's it's different. But you can manipulate the salary cap in the NFL to fit your needs. Lamar Jackson is such an important piece, not only to the play on the field, but I believe to that locker room. And he seems like such a popular guy within that dressing room, that the guys are all ra- would all rally behind him and and support him. And I think Herm Edwards nailed it right on the head that, that those players will not be reacting the same to the Baltimore Ravens if they don't get something done with Lamar. Like We're talking about a guy who's been a league MVP and he's still in his 20s. And he's your quarterback. And he's improving. Right now. He's improving throwing the ball. He's dynamic with his legs. We know that. Throwing the ball, he's getting better year over year. 
and he'll still use his legs. He'll still need to use his legs because he's not the best in the pocket quarterback. But he is improving, Lloydie. And that's all you can ask out of a quarterback is to continue to work at his craft. And I think he is. And he's going to get better as he ages. He's not going to have to use his legs as much. And he's going to be able to rely a little bit more on being a pure throwing passer. Now, as usual, we have to the, the, the disclaimer for any of these discussions, right? Like he's he's going to make an obscene amount of money no matter how this shakes out. If he gets the the one franchise tag, he'll make $45 million this season. If he gets the lower franchise tag, he'll only make 32. <laughs> or door number three, they get a long-term deal done, and it would be for a lot of guaranteed money because he wants to be like Deshaun Watson. It's just unreal, right? But it's all relative. It's all relative to the sport, to the league, to the marketplace. And we can have this conversation. I, I can bring up Alex DeBrinkett again in hockey. Now, he's hasn't been a league MVP in his league like Lamar Jackson is, but Alex DeBrinkett is, is a quality goal scorer and a, and a quality prime of his career young player. And it gets to the point where a player needs a contract. I don't care you know, what league it is. If it's a good player and everybody in the league knows this is a very good player, somebody's going to pay that player. You just got to make the decision if it's going to be you. And sometimes it won't be a good fit for you. And you, you go through your your cap situation, your budget situation, your team situation. Everybody's a little bit different. You, eventually it comes down to certain some like star players, quality players. If you let them go to market, somebody's going to pay them the money that you didn't or you felt that you didn't want to. And with the Ravens, this is what it's coming down. Somebody's going to pay Lamar Jackson. If it's not going to be Baltimore, however this shakes out in the end, Lamar Jackson's going to win. <laughs> he's going to come out on top because of the player he's he already is in the league. And he's got so much in front of him still. So that's that's it. That's what the Ravens are doing today. Are we going to pay him, or is somebody else going to pay him? Because it's not like there's no threat here. Oh, if you don't agree to this, where are you going to get your money? It's like, yeah, uh, I think I'll be fine. Thanks. Don't worry. I've got a little bit of leverage here. I, I, I've been a league MVP for your team, by the way. In case you forgot. And that so, team doesn't look the same without him under center. Exactly. Like I mean, like it was. It was. It's too bad he got hurt down the stretch. I mean. With Huntley under center, and I know the the big moment is when he tries to reach over the goal line. It's like, but like, like what do you do if you're okay? What's 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 Plan B here? Well, you Baltimore. have to redo your entire organization or on the field, don't you, offensively? Because Lamar is such a unique player that you can't just go out there and get another quarterback and, okay, here, you're, we're going to be running the same system. You've got to manipulate everything that you do, the type of players that you go out and acquire to make sure that you, A, can keep Lamar safe and, and sound and give him outlets for the type the style of player that he is. You kind of re- have to redo everything that you do offensively if you decide to move on or to allow other teams to negotiate and potentially lose him. You've got to you've got to reevaluate how you run your organization at that point. All right, let's get to a couple of other uh, things here. So there's Herm Edwards, uh, Ravens executive VP, Ozzie Newsom. I uh, was on the Bernie Kosar show, talking about will they get a deal done with Lamar? 
The biggest thing is that we have a deadline tomorrow at four o'clock uh, to put the tag on. And, and I know today uh, and up until about 3.30 tomorrow, uh, a lot of energy is going to be put, be utilized in trying to get the deal done. And if not, we will put the franchise tag on him. All right, so there's what the executive VP of the organization had to say. All right, finally, here's a couple of clips from ESPN's Dan Orlovsky. This is on why Lamar's days with the Ravens are coming to an end. From his perspective, since they've drafted him, Kyler Murray got $190 million guaranteed. Deshaun Watson, coming off of awful off-the-field allegations, got $230-plus million guaranteed from the Cleveland Browns. And Tua Tungavailoa got Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. Josh Allen got Stephon Diggs. Lamar Jackson's going to get the non-exclusive franchise tag, and they drafted Rashad Bateman? What? What are, like, what? How, how, how can Lamar sit there and be okay with that situation? And finally, Orlovsky, um, moving on to the report overnight as well here. And there's so much to get to in the NFL. I'm, a, you know, I'm not trying to squeeze this all in here. There's going to be more still to come here in the show. So that's what he had to say on Lamar Jackson. Now, Trey Wingo, formerly of ESPN, because we're into March here. A lot of decisions get made, right, in the heart of the NFL's offseason. We're not too far away from the draft when you think about it. Aaron Rodgers. What's still to happen with Aaron Rodgers? Um. So Trey Wingo reported that Rodgers spoke to the Jets yesterday. Now, that's interesting because that's all he said in his tweet, really. So the number one question would be, um, did the Jets have permission? Because if they don't, that's tampering. And we're going into Sean Payton and the Dolphins and Brady and all that, right? So did the Packers grant permission to this, this happen or... Did Trey Wingo just expose something that should not have happened? Anyways, Rodgers, or did Trey Wingo, spoke to the Jets. Now, here's Orlovsky on uh, the Jets' options and Aaron Rodgers. Their options aren't great. The Jets are this a very difficult situation to be in. They are. I think Aaron's going to be a Jet. Okay, that's, that's just my gut feeling as of today, and I think okay. it's one of two ways that it happens. Aaron says, I'm going to rework my contract and take less money, or the Packers are going to take some of what I think is a $58 million salary and pay some of it to take this a little bit easier on the Jets. And that, for me, guys, is why this is a little bit more appealing than I felt like it last week. Because last week I was like, man, all that money, you have to cut some really valuable players on your football team, and you're a lesser team. If they can get the Packers to eat some of the salary or Aaron take a lesser amount and keep kind of the roster that they have intact, then you're a top four, top five team in the conference. All right, so there's uh, just a couple of things to keep an eye on. But the 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 hard and fast deadline, we're gonna have we're gonna have definite answers on the direction of uh, certain players on teams here because the deadline is four Eastern today for clubs to exercise their franchise tag. Lucy is asking, what's a franchise tag? Well, simply put, Lucy, it's kind of like arbitration in the NHL it guarantees you get the player signed for one year right you can't agree on a long-term deal all right you can hand out a franchise tag you can only do it so many times throughout a player's career and every time you do it it gets more expensive to do so but 
basically it forces an agreement for the for the coming season. Yeah, the first franchise tag, you're getting the average of the top five players yeah. at that position. So a quarterback, it'll be an average of the top five quarterbacks in the league, which will be at a, yeah. a, an extreme amount. Uh, for fullbacks, you're not going to get that much, but you'll be getting the average of the top five fullbacks in the NFL. And I think you can only do it three times to one player in the course of, of the career. And every time you do it, it's going to be more. The, ra- the, the ratio is more in favor of the player in terms of top players of that position in the league. There we go. All right, we'll take a break. Back in a moment on In the Box on TSN 1200. This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. All right. We're going to talk a little baseball next hour, Kenny. Do I have to trot out my usual? Here we talk about independent baseball in this town and Kenny's uh, tryout many years ago. I guess I just did. How many yeah, years was ago was that? I don't know. A long time ago. Is that the At Fat Cats? Years. Feels like the, the Fat, fat cats? cats? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Wasn't the Champions. It was pre. I think it was the Fat Cats. Was it the Rapids? Maybe it was the Rapids. It could have been. You need Rapids to talk to Terrell. Yeah, you need to talk to Terrell Marcotte about that because he has okay. a better memory than I do. Anyways, um, Ottawa Titans. The ball team these days, and uh, from time to time, when they're uh, bringing in new players, we'll uh, we'll talk a little baseball. We're going to talk to Trevor Clifton coming up here at around twelve twenty-five this afternoon, as uh, he has been signed to join the Titans rotation. Um, last appeared, he played a little bit in the Mexican League back in twenty twenty-one. He's a six-four right-hander. Previously, he spent seven years in the Chicago Cubs system, and uh, he reached uh, as high as AAA in affiliated baseball, 27 years old now, and the uh, the Titans have brought him in, and we're going to talk to Trevor Clifton coming up at around uh, 1225 this afternoon as we uh, we look out the window. It's tough to envision baseball in the near future, but once the snow starts to go, Kenny, it's going to go quickly. We'll be good. Uh, you say that. I don't believe you. Okay. Seems like a long way away. I try to try. Uh, so we'll do that coming up at uh, 1225. Dean Brown's going to join us from Seattle. No snow there. <laughs> coming up at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, the Sens flew to Seattle after the game last night to continue the road trip after. Boy, that f- let's call it what it is. That flight would have been awful. What do you think the energy was on that flight? Low. That team? Let's fly all the way to Seattle with this on our, our minds. What just happened in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I, I bet you there weren't too many card games. There's probably just a lot of chilling and staring at screens and trying to sleep. <laughs> no, I've ridden on a lot of buses uh, recently, not as many after losses, but it's not a great energy. There's not a whole lot of talking going on. It's uh, it's quiet. They they players tend to get a lot of them. You can't generalize everybody, but a lot of them get over the losses fairly quickly, and a couple hours in things start to, to pick back up and then they by the end of the trip it's it's almost back to normal not quite but I would imagine the the flight would be similar especially one that long by the end of it you may get back to a little bit more of a normal energy but at the beginning yeah. of that trip that would be awful that would be terrible that would be a dead silent plane 
Yeah, I would say at least the first hour, maybe hour and a half, pin drop. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be much going on. Anyways, we'll talk to Dean all about it. He was on the bird, and uh, he's going to join us coming up at uh, 1 this afternoon and get his thoughts as our Sens and NHL insider. Um, we'll continue to track. I'm sure there's going to be other news. Could be an actual signing or two, avoiding franchise tags in the NFL. But we'll continue uh, to monitor that. And the big one, of course, is Lamar Jackson that we covered off in our uh, last segment. Pat writes, Ravens fan here, frustrated. It's taken so long to come to a deal. Many layers to the problem. Lamar is asking for an insane amount of guaranteed. Hasn't finished the second half of the last two seasons. If he signs, it gets hurt. We're handcuffed going forward to sign other good players. Cheers, boys, Pat. Absolutely. That's, that's what's going on. But the problem is, Pat, though, somebody will pay him. And you, you raise good points, and this is exactly what's going on. I 100% agree with you. You're hesitant because he wants guaranteed money. Because if, if Deshaun Watson can get that kind of guaranteed money, you want to talk about a red flag. Once that happened, you knew. Going forward, every other quarterback that has some leverage – and Lamar Jackson is in this this situation who has been a better player than Deshaun Watson to this point in his career, who hasn't had the off-field issues that Deshaun Watson has had to this point in his career. And he's thinking, Deshaun Watson got that kind of guaranteed money? And I, 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 I can't get anything like that from my team that I've been the, a league MVP for? That's what he's thinking. But you're right, Pat. Ravens like mm, he's not a pocket passer. There's always guys get seemingly get a little more hurt when they're not pocket passers. He's already started to get hurt recently. Didn't end well this past season. What if he gets hurt again? Then where are we? We're spending all this guaranteed money. I get it. I get it. But scrub all that to the side. Somebody's going to pay him. Somebody's going to pay him. And- Somebody will pay him. The Ravens have to say, is it going to be us or not? That's it. It's as simple as that. And if you have a quarterback, you're going to have to pay them. And it's going to be guaranteed money. And it all changed when Kirk Cousins did it. And he was the first one to really get that fully guaranteed contract. And now it's just, I think it's accepted. And it's become standard. To a certain extent, you have to guarantee money for your quarterback. And it's, it's a changing, it's an evolving process. And it goes back to Kirk Cousins signing that deal with the Vikings to guarantee him the money. And now it's just standard practice. You have to do that. If you want to keep your quarterback, you know that. And the Ravens know that. If I was Lamar Jackson going into the stretch drive last year and I'm not feeling 100%, I'm not going out there because the team doesn't believe in me. They don't want to lock me up long term at this point. So why am I going to go out there, risk my health for a franchise that doesn't believe that I can get the job done on a regular basis? I'd be in the exact same boat as him, and I'd be upset with the way that I've been treated after laying my body on the line for so long for that franchise and bringing them to, I don't want to say new heights because they've had some pretty good seasons and teams, but they're relying on on me as Lamar Jackson to get the job done. And if, if it's not me, then they don't have a, a plan B, and it's been proven year over year. So I, I'd be in the same boat as him. I, I get the frustration from... Ravens fans, but if I was a Ravens fan, I'd want to see Lamar in there no matter what. Pay the man. And and listen, and if you're the Ravens and you still, it's like, all right, 
then you better have what, what's, what's, what's your plan B? Who are you bringing in? If it's not Lamar Jackson, who are you bringing in? And, who, and what are you going to pay that guy? And is it going to be as good as what you already had here? It is, it is, it, it, it's, it's, it's gobs of money we can't even fathom, but the decision for me is that simple. He will get paid. Will it be us? That's it. Four o'clock. Franchise tag deadline in the NFL. All right. High noon. We'll take a break. No, we won't, uh, Lloydie. Not yet? Oh, question time. Yes. Yeah. Kenny, let's give away those 67 tickets. Yeah, we're going to do some giving. 12-1200. It's a text-only contest. Standard messaging rates apply. And this is for tickets to the March 15th Ottawa 67s game against the Oshawa Generals. That is the second one of the staycation games. The first one coming up on Friday against the Mississauga Steelheads. Okay. To our question, Lloydie. Oh, hang on. Hang on, Kenny. First and last name and your email address, or you can't win. Yes. Has to be in the text message and the correct answer. You're welcome, Kenny. Please and thank you. Yes, I really appreciate that. The question is, the Ottawa Senators have drafted four players out of the Ottawa 67's organization. Name the player who also played for the Oshawa Generals. Clear? Clear. Okay. Clear. I got it. I nailed it, everybody. Yeah. I nailed it. I nailed it. There's your question. Fairly simple. Shouldn't take you too long if you don't know it off the top of your head. Uh, by the time we get back from this commercial break, that's where we're going to cut it off here. And Kenny will uh, select a winner, and we'll hand out that four-pack of tickets to the Pete's game coming up at the arena at TD Place. We'll have a four-pack of Sens Flyers tickets still to get to, and another code word later in the show. Going to talk a little baseball with the newest member of the Ottawa Titans in the noon hour. Dean Brown's going to join us early in the one hour as In the Box continues on TSN 1200.